The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mint. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We take you until noon. John Bowen Camp will recap the Hawkeye football media availability. Oh, in about 20 minutes or thereabouts, but that music means one thing. It's time for our friend David Kaplan. He joins us from Chicago, ESPN 1000 in the mornings, NBC Sports Chicago uh, throughout, well, various times. And Cappy's with us. Hello, David Kaplan, Trent and Ken. How are you? Gentlemen, how we doing? Doing well, uh, Cap. I know you. I, I saw your setup on one of your videos, your TVs, your your man cave, if you will. Uh, sweet, mm-hmm. very lo- good look. Um, Thank what, you. What game had your most attention last night? The Cubs and Contreras, and what happened there, or that jewel of a pitching matchup between Giolito and Bieber? What'd you pay more attention to? Or the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Toronto Raptors since uh, my best play of the night was the under 17.5 on Gary Trent, who only scored seven in the game. Um, You know what? I had it all going last night. First of all, Giolito Bieber probably was my favorite thing of the night. Mm -hmm. But the Contreras getting hit again, and then they throw behind Brandon Woodruff, who couldn't have been surprised because Contreras keeps getting hit by this team. And then you, I think it was Craig Council who said the other day, we don't have a Cubs problem. We have a Contreras problem. So when he hit that home run and then he shushed the crowd, that was my favorite thing of the night. That was unbelievable. Captain, it, was, it had to be last Tuesday because you and I spoke about the Contreras problem, not a, uh, not a Cubs problem uh, line that uh, Council uttered after the game. So will we see this carryover, Cap? I haven't seen a lineup yet. Trent and I have been scouring Twitter whether or not Contreras is even going to play uh, in, the, uh, in the getaway game today. Will there be carryover, do you think? I do not think there will be. And in fact, if you watch the Woodruff at bat, okay, the pitch is thrown toward his feet. Yeah, he patted him on the rear. Exactly. Yeah. He got up. Woodruff turned to the umpire and said, that's effed up. That's effed up. And he's furious. Well, I don't know what he expected. Right. And then Contreras said, we're good. We're good. And then he patted him on the rear. And Jim Deshaies said, that'll end it. Right there. They made their statement. Mm-hmm. That'll end it. So unless Contreras gets hit again, you know, and if you tell me it's a 75-mile-an-hour curveball that got away, he's a catcher. He's smart enough to know. You tell me they buzz him inside and hit him again with a fastball at 95 in the ribs, yeah, then I think all bets are off. But I think it's over. With that, do you anticipate the lineups still aren't out, which is weird, where – what, about an hour and a half away from first pitch and still no starting lineups here. Is Contreras even going to start today? Uh, day game after a night game. He's played every single game of the, what are they, played 12 games mm-hmm. now, I think. Uh, I think you will see him on the bench today, but nothing would surprise me, and he likes to play as much as he can play. 
So I was just going to put you guys on my speaker for a second and go to the MLB app. The MLB app doesn't even have the lineups out yet? It just came out. In fact, I just saw it come across, and it will be Austin Romine who will get the start at catcher today. That's what I figured. Day game after a night game. It's April. If you tell me it's September and they're battling to get to the playoffs or win the division, maybe Willie would play then. But no, you've got to play the other guys. You know, like Joe Madden used to yell at me and say, dude, it's so unsophisticated for you to micromanage the lineups. And you know what? I get it. But we all want to see our best players in there at all times. No doubt about it. Kappa, you know, bad blood that starts to grow in baseball. Do, do you think at times us in the media, we take it a lot further than it actually is and build it up or... Do you think there is general disdain when these things start to build that it's real hatred that happens? It's just not sports hate, if you will. Uh, I think we blow it into more out of proportion than it probably is. I think there are certainly, you know, the Brewers don't like Wilson Contreras. Guys didn't like A.J. Przinsky. Things of that nature. I completely understand that there's some bad blood at times. But I do think because of free agency over the last, you know, 30, 40 years, it's totally different than it was back in the day where guys played almost their whole career with one franchise. You know, like the Bears and Packers, that rivalry when Ditka and Butkus and all those guys were playing, they literally despised the Green Bay Packers. Well, now, what, Steve McMichael played for both? Uh, Jim McMahon played for both? Uh, what's his name is there now? Adrian Amos is playing for both. It's just different today. Uh, David Kaplan is our guest. You know what's been different, Cappy? Craig Kimbrell's been different. He's picked six innings so far this year. He hasn't given up a hit. He struck out ten while walking one. He has three saves. Uh, nobody, nobody, Craig Kimbrell's family didn't see this kind of start <laughs> coming to this. Cap, he's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's behind it? Well, number one, this is the first spring in three years that he has had a normal spring training because two years ago before the Cubs signed him, you had to give up a draft pick if you signed him because he was given a qualifying offer that he rejected from the Red Sox. And so he was on the market in June because once the draft happens, then that qualifying offer and draft pick compensation goes away. So now the Cubs sign him. Well, they got to hustle to get him on the field, so he's you know trying to throw at a junior college before he signs, facing high school hitters. Like, he just never got right. Then last year, he said, I'm going to have a normal spring training, and I'm going to be back to myself. Oops, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so shut everybody down. He's trying to throw to you know some guys he's friends with in the Phoenix area, and none of that worked out well. Finally got his groove in September and go back. In September, eight appearances didn't allow a run. So take those eight, and where we're at now, guy's on a heck of a run. Plus, this year we had a normal spring training. Cap, just real one, uh, let me just interrupt here, Trent. Um, on the pitching staff, because uh, COVID's going through the Cubs, right? We, we do know that there is, there is an issue there. Hendricks was scratched last night. It was said that there's still to be determined whether COVID um, has, uh, whether Kyle Hendricks has been afflicted with COVID. Do we know anything yet? We don't, but I mean, somebody I spoke to who's close to Kyle said it's not COVID. He just passed a bunch of tests. They get tested all the time. 
it is not COVID. Now, has he been vaccinated? I can't answer that question because I haven't asked it. But from what I'm being told, he just was under the weather and out of, this is the term Theo coined a year ago, and they're continuing to use it, out of an abundance Mm -hmm. of caution. You don't feel great. You know what? We're going to scratch you. And they found a way to win the baseball game anyway against the Brewers' number one starter. So pretty interesting. Tip your cap to Alec Mills, who he may not have the best stuff in the game, but 20 minutes before first pitch, your mind, which goes to show you, Hmm. let me digress here for a second, these guys are don't speak to me on the day I pitch (laughs) and the day before I can't be bothered because I have a routine. Hey, man, he was in gym shoes. And in 20 minutes before the first pitch, they went, hey, Kyle doesn't feel great. We're scratching him. Can you go? Yeah, I got you. He gave up two runs. He was solid. He gave up one home run. That was it. And they found a way to win a baseball game. And pitched 40 pitches on Saturday. Yeah, and Urias, uh, that one that he did get, he got that one for the Brew Crew. Let's go to the south side and the Pale Hose. They're in last place. Still only a game and a half out, five and six. Yeah, everything's muddled up together there. The extra innings after the pitchers duel that we saw. Cap, your takeaway and your thoughts overall in the second year now, the extra inning rule with the runner starting on second. I actually like it. Me too. I've talked to enough managers that have said, I'd rather lose on Tuesday than play 18 innings and win because it crushes <laughs> my bullpen for two weeks. Yeah. And so I like it. You know what? We didn't get it done in nine. Let's get this thing, you know, on the road, and let's either you win or you lose, and you're out of here. So somebody's going to score with a man on second, nobody out. I would think in the tenth, if not the tenth, certainly the eleventh. I don't think you're going to see eighteen, seventeen, twenty innings, nineteen, whatever it is. I remember the Cubs had an eighteen inning game and they won, and everyone was all fired up. And Joe Madden said, "Yeah, that's not going to end well for us," mm-hmm. and he was right. Kappa, so I like the rule. Uh, Giolito and Bieber, do you think when you've got ace against ace, and there was a little buildup for this game, right? Because Giolito's, I mean, he started an all-star game. Bieber's uh, was the MVP in the game that I think Giolito started. Do you think there's a little more you know, juice between the two starters? Giolito was amped up, especially when Marshall got out of the, uh, uh, out of the what was it, the eighth inning. Marshall was terrific. Uh, but is there more when, the, when um, you know, the other team's ace is going up against you know, your ace? Oh, I think 100%. I think you know, you know, if you're Lucas Giolito, I think you know pulling up to the stadium, hey, I'm going up against the freaking number one guy in the sport, or number two. You can have Bieber or Jacob deGrom. They're both amazing. Yep. And I think he absolutely 100% knows what he's up against that day, whereas if he was facing, oh, I don't know, pick some number five starter who's not very good, yeah, I'm excited to go do my job, but I think my boys are going to be able to get some runs for me today, so I don't have to be as fine. I think he knew going into that game, oh, man, I better throw a shutout, not give up more than one run, or we're in trouble. There's a uh, story at The Athletic today from Jason Stark that the Atlantic League, where a lot of the baseball rule changes have started over the years, they are going to be moving the mound back a foot. It'll be 61 feet, 6 inches, starting with the second half of their season in August. I don't know if it's going to make a big difference, but what do you read into that, if anything, Cap? This is where they like to experiment with things. Do you think this is something that is going to be coming down the line to Major League Baseball? Well, I could tell you Theo Epstein loves this. This is one of his ideas. Okay. 
and it is to increase offense in the game. All of a sudden, Jacob DeGrom's not quite as quick. It's just not on top of you as fast, and it's because look at how many pitching steps have multiple guys that throw 100 miles an hour. Like, look at the White Sox. You're going to bring a right-hander, Michael Kopech, who hits 101. We'll go lefty, Garrett Crochet. He hits 101. We'll bring in Liam Hendricks. He's upper 90s. Oh, we got Lucas Giolito starting eight. He's upper 90s. And there's other guys there. Cody Hoyer is 98, 99. So they've got a slew of hard-throwing guys. Well, if that ball has to travel an extra 12 inches, that doesn't sound like a lot. It's massive in terms of a batter having more time to react. Maybe that would help the Cubs anemic offense <laughs> cap. Uh, how can they? How can they fix this? I mean, is it just they got to work themselves out of it? Because Jock Peterson's been awful, and Hap has been terrible, and Rizzo, who's a slow starter, he hasn't been good. Likewise, Haywood. Baez is now above two hundred, I believe. Sogard, uh, nice glove, but can hit a lick. That uh, that offense has just been putrid so far. Yeah, it's been brutal. It's absolutely been pathetic what they have done offensively. Now, we had Rizzo on yesterday for his weekly show, and he said, guys, I'm close. I'm one hit from feeling like I'm locked in. And, of course, he got two hits last night off Brandon Woodruff, which was good to see. He also had a walk, so he was on base three times. I hope he's right. I think Chris Bryant looks better. He does. I don't think he looks like the MVP Chris Bryant, but he looks a lot better. But, like, the other night, uh, Rasmussen, I think, was the kid pitching for the Brewers. So if you were watching in the, what was it, the ninth inning, and the Cubs have men on, two men on, and Javi Baez is up. The first pitch is a slider that literally bounced in the other batter spot. I'm not exaggerating. He swings and misses. The next pitch is a 56-foot curveball. Five feet short, bounces in the dirt. He swings at that one. And then... The guy nibbles with two 95-mile-an-hour fastballs off the edge. They were close. Now he hangs a slider in the middle of the zone, and it's down. And Javi golfs it into the corner. And it was like, ooh-wee, Javi got a double. And first of all, if I was that pitcher, I came home, I would look in the mirror and go, you, sir, are an effing moron. How would you ever throw that guy a pitch anywhere near the strike zone? let alone with men on, give him a chance to get the head of the bat on it, which he golfed on the line. But it meant nothing to me because the approach at that at bat to swing at two pitches that were literally not even close to the plate tells me he's still guessing at home. Uh, Trent has football in a second on the Bears, but just real quick on baseball. Capri, did you see the uh, Paul Duca Joe West story that came out yesterday? I did. We did it on my show today. Did you? Um, I mean, Joe West got $250,000 because LaDuca said some things that Joe West feels may hurt his home run chances. I mean, I'm surprised, A, that he won the suit to begin with, that LaDuca's going to be forced to cough up a half a million dollars. Uh, Had to do with uh, Joe West when LaDuca was catching for the Mets and Billy Wagner's the closer and some calls. And LaDuca went on some podcast and said that uh, that Billy Wagner had a a, a, a wink and a nod agreement with West that He'd lend him his 1957 convertible when he'd come to town because Joe West liked. So uh, crux of the story was that Wagner said that he got calls. And LaDuca relayed that story. Joe West sued him and took a half a million dollars from him. I was stunned, Cappy. 
I was not because we did this story today. So here's exactly what happened, and you're around the crux of the story, correct. So Paul LaDuca claims he's been kicked out of 15 big league games, and eight or nine of them were from Joe West. And he said they sat, he sat down in the crouch behind the plate and said, you know, he's ready to go. And Joe said, you're going to stay in this game today, LaDuca? <laughs> and right away, you know, it's contentious. Yep. And so now Billy Wagner comes in, and LaDuke is like, I can't get a call. I mean, on the edge of the plate, nothing, all day long. He goes out to talk to Wagner, and Wagner says, hey, man, set up more inside. Are you crazy? I can't get this guy to call anything on the edge. He said, just trust me. I'm good here. Okay. And he rings, he strikes out the side. This is according to LaDuca. Strikes out the side. And all the pitches were off the plate, inside, two inches off the plate, and he's getting every call. Ring it up. They go to the clubhouse. He goes, what the blank just happened? I couldn't get a call for my pitchers all day. You come in. You're not even around the plate. And he's calling all of them strikes. Oh, he and I have an agreement. I give him my 57 Chevy. When he comes to town, he loves old cars, and he gives me a couple inches off the plate on either side. He tells that story. Well, here's the big problem. USA Today went back the two years that they were teammates in New York, 06, 07. Joe West umpired one game, and Billy Wagner did not appear in it. Oh, my. So it never happened. (laughs) And Joe West is saying, I want to go to the Hall of Fame. He's 59 games from being the single longest tenured Mm -hmm. ump who's called the most games in the history of the sport, 5,900-whatever, and... He's like, you guys are tarnishing my reputation. I, that never happened. And on top of it, they went back and looked. He ejected Paul LaDuca one time in his mm. career. So a little bit of embellishment there. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that part a of it. A little Jeff. bit of lying. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Better word. Go ahead, Trent. We'll get you out of here on this guy. Yeah, we'll talk a little Bears uh, to finish up here. And cap it with the NFL draft a couple weeks away. We talked so much about quarterback. I want to go cornerback. Pretty big need now with Kyle Fuller moving on. I thought Jalen Johnson, a guy that Ken really liked going into the draft, I thought he was solid as long as that guy can stay healthy. Cornerback, is that a need? And one other thing that jumped out to me, I was looking through some of the cornerbacks that might be there at 20 and looking at Patrick Sertain the second, Asante Samuel Jr., Greg Newsom the second. I've Boy, I felt really, really old looking at these cornerbacks, cornerbacks, kids of guys that we grew up with. Horn from South Carolina. His dad was a receiver. Yeah. Is that Joe Horn's kid? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So they need a corner desperately. They just need to take the best player on the board, period. They need a left tackle. They need a right tackle. They need another receiver. They need another cornerback. They need another interior lineman because Hakeem Hicks is getting older. Eddie Goldman opted out. Now he's coming back, but who knows what he's going to be like. So they need weapons. They need playmakers, and they need defenders. So whoever the best guy on the board is at 20, you look, you go, wow, there's a tackle sitting right there because five quarterbacks have already gone, and Jamar Chase is gone, and Devontae Smith from Alabama is gone. And this guy is gone. Wow, we're going to get like the third-rated player at a position potentially. Take him. Rather than paying up to get somebody who might not move the needles, that's where I'm at. But, yes, they answer your question. They do have to get 
a CB, a cornerback. Final thing, our friends at Bet Rivers have come out with win totals for the NFL with the 17-game schedule now in place this year. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Cap. Take a guess what the over-under win total for the Bears is this year at Bet Rivers. I have not seen this. Um, I'm going to guess because there's so much angst over Andy Dalton. <laughs> I'm going to say seven. It's at seven. Really, I'd have gone higher. Uh, that's I thought it was going to be a tick higher. Extra game there. They certainly won more than that a year ago. How about this? To make the playoffs, the yes plus two twenty, the no minus two seventy eight. Mm, interesting. I, I could easily see them not make the playoffs, but go like eight and nine, mm-hmm. something like that. I could absolutely see that part happening. So, uh, look. I'm not a huge Andy Dalton guy. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I'm sure he's a great family man. I hear nothing but great things about him. He's as vanilla as they come. A friend of mine hosted his radio show in Cincinnati. He said, you'll never get anything controversial. He'll be on time. He's respectful. He's just a good dude. But this is not the people here that are upset with the Bears. are They're taking it out on Andy Dalton, and that's the wrong guy to take it out on. He's a competent, solid, professional quarterback. He's not great. He's not awful. What they're mad is that Ryan Pace put them in this position. That's why they're upset. Cap, uh, great hit with us here today. We uh, really imposed on your time. We appreciate you giving us as much as you did, and we'll talk to you in a week. Dude, you can keep me as long as you want. (laughs) Whatever you want, I'm in. Love that about you, Capper. Thanks, pal. Have a great week. Enjoy the Cubs today. See you, boys. Take care. David Kaplan joining us. Uh, as we talk a little Chicago sports, talk a lot of Chicago sports there. Yes. It's a good hit. Centurion Stone of Iowa uh, sponsors Cappy. We'll get that up here in just a second. Tell you all about our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. So seven's low, Trent. Yes. I was, I'm sorry. I was going to say eight and a half. Because of the extra game in there, that was, so I was looking at the locals, the, the regional teams, I guess, for us here. And I was putting that together for our television show, which you can see on Mediacom and oh, nice plug. Uh-huh. It's called Inside the Numbers. Find us talking sports wagering. Packers, win total 10 and a half. Okay, yeah, makes sense. And, and okay. maybe even that felt a half low, again, because of this extra game. Vikings at eight and a half, right in the middle, hmm. right at 500. Can't be 500 anymore in the 17-game <laughs> NFL. The Bears at seven. How about the Chiefs? The Chiefs in a 17-game schedule are 12-and-a-half. I thought it'd be 12-and-a-half also. It's 12 on that one, and even juice at this point on both sides there. Chiefs to make the playoffs, uh, the yes, minus 1,000. The no, plus 625. <laughs> so they're 12, so the Chargers are 10-and-a-half? I'd have to look. I, I don't have you those have up here. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh found that interesting. Division odds for the NFC North, the old Central Norris Division. Mm-hmm. Packers a favorite, minus 250. The Vikings, plus 350. The Bears, plus 650. Mm. And the Lions are still the Lions. 28 to 1. <laughs> and this is at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers putting these out. I love it. I do too. We still don't have that Cyhawk line. All right. I, I, I yep. don't understand it. Um, and I got an answer. It was Friday because we talked about it Friday, right? Yeah. And got an answer that afternoon uh, from our friends over there. Travis emailed me. Uh, Travis Dvorak from 
Wild Rose. Wild Rose yep. up in Jefferson, who helps put together uh, the lines and everything else. He said he spoke to both DraftKings and Bet Rivers a couple of months ago. They use a third-party odds maker, which has been contacted. The company, though, that puts out those numbers, still not ready to post anything yet. However, Bet Rivers did say they were hopeful it'll have it have it out this summer. And, Boy, you'd think. And they want to be the first in the market to get it out there. It's sitting right there. Trent, everybody across the state. Hang a number. Yeah. Put low limits on it to see how it uh, see how it's a $500 limit. Right. Yes. And then after a couple of days adjust and bump up your it's It's not that hard. Yeah. Just do it. You're going to get a ton of publicity. So uh-huh. uh, anyways, we will um try and help somebody out with $1000 Trent. Let's do that before we hear from John Bowen Camp. It indeed is time for another of those $1000 home runs. Enter the keyword water at kxno.com. That's your chance to win $1,000. That's water uh, at kxno.com. You go to kxno.com. The pop-up box will appear. You won't even have to search for it. Be right there in the middle of your screen. Miller and Condon will be on your radio with John Bowen Camp when we return after this time out on 1460 KXNO and 106. A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Grief and loss. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282. 3000 282 3000 it's global direct mail and marketing slash plunge Condon, welcome back. About 11.35 on a Wednesday. We take you until noon. Murph and Andy coming up at 1. The Fanatics at 3. Uh, let's get our friend John Bowen Camp in here. Hawkeye media availability yesterday. We'll do that. But we want to start with that cheating Trevor Brower uh, from the Los Angeles Dodgers, who's clearly doctoring the baseball. <laughs> witch hunt. It's a witch hunt, I tell you. <laughs> How are you, John Bowen Camp? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. And for those of you who don't know, John is a huge Los Angeles Dodger fan. So, John, let's start there. I guess the Major League Baseball did confiscate a bunch of baseballs from. Not last night's start, who was terrific, by the way, uh, but the start prior to that. What what are they looking for? I know that they said they were going to crack down with doctoring the baseball uh, this year uh, in the cold weather. Pitchers have seemingly always done done that. But what what are they trying to accomplish here, John? 
I think they're looking for for pine tar or whatever substance that makes the grip better because I think you know with with the technology being what it is today, you're starting to analyze spin rates, you know, and and I, I think they've found that that some guys have some spin rates that are a little unusual for the pitches they throw. So I think that I think it's it's kind of set off, you know. But I mean, you know. It, it, the, the the reporting on this has been interesting because it, it's they it wasn't just him that they've taken the baseballs they've been doing it with a lot of starters this year to see what you know what is going on and and so I think they're trying to find who's using what and and see if anybody is using anything that's you know somewhat illegal I guess you know whether it's pine tar or whatever and and I think that's what they're looking for and um, because I think they've seen the spin rates and I think they're seeing things that maybe they don't find that are quite right, I guess. You know, as I was looking at some numbers for the Dodgers, knowing you're coming on today, there isn't a weak spot on this team. Nope. You just, yeah. There is nothing that you can point at. Is there anything you look at and say, you know, if the Padres really catch fire, do you really have any concern at all? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I've watched, you know, I've watched pretty much every game this year. And I mean, the one, the one thing I like about them, and it's something you saw in the postseason, was the fact that, that they draw so many walks and they're very selective in their pitches. And that can wear out, you know, starting pitchers very easily. And you can get to guys and you can get guys out of the game and get into the bullpen. But I mean, when you look through that lineup, I mean, there's a couple of guys that, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, that, that you think, like Gavin Lux, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be curious to see how he develops. But I mean, you think about their nine and two, and the bulk of those games have been played without Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. You know, so um, no, I don't see a whole lot of weakness right now in this team. You know, and uh, Trent and I, we at some point early in the first hour of the program, we we're looking ahead to this weekend, because uh, we were talking about the Cubs and the Braves or Sunday night baseball this week, and then I reminded Trent, well, the Dodgers and the Padres have a three-game yeah. set, and wouldn't that be So here's who the Dodgers are rolling out. Bueller on Friday night, uh, then they'll come back with Kershaw versus you Darvish on Saturday night, before finishing with Trevor Bauer versus Blake Snell. Jeez. My gosh. Uh, what what a one two three at the top of that. Um, we'll we'll see. This is gonna be a fun series. Honestly, oh, yeah. John, don't you kind of wish that the Padres would at least? Don't you want it to be kind of close? Or no, you want them to no. route them? No, I want to route them. I, I mean, you you always big brother always wants to keep little brother down. So, gotcha. You know. Yeah, anyway, let's so. get to, yeah. Let's get to what uh, you uh, participated in yesterday, and yeah. that was media availabilities. Um, you, you had plenty of opportunity. What was your before we kind of get dig into them a little bit on an individual basis, your single biggest takeaway from yesterday was what, John? Um, you know, I, I I think there were a lot of individual takeaways. Um, you know, the guy I want I really want to see this year and see what he can do now now that he's got a year under the is their punter Tory Taylor yeah. because I mean I I think you know I mean the joke is how much of a, of a big deal punting is at the University of Iowa, but um, I, I think this is a guy that that is going to be really good. And I mean, he was good last year in his first year of playing American football. And so now he's got a, a, a year to, you know, he's got some off time practice. He talked about yesterday about, about, you know, kicking spirals, which he didn't do last year. And, you know, and I mean, you start thinking about, it, I mean, this can become a big weapon for this team that if, that if you have some offensive struggles, you can control the field position game, which is such a key part of this team. It, that was one. Tyrone Tracy is the other guy that I, I think is, is 
really interesting because he had such a great year in 2019. Last year was kind of the, you know, they didn't really get a lot of touches last year just because of, of you had Amir Smith-Marstead, you had Brandon Smith. So he's the guy that I think is really poised to have kind of a breakout season just because of what he did a couple of years ago. And now he's kind of the leader of that receiver group. So that those are the two things, Justin. Those are the two guys I really want to see on Saturday see what they can do and and where they're at right now because I think they're going to be key parts of this team next year. Speaking of that wide receiver group, Max Cooper decided to come back for yet another year. We saw (laughs) that kid early in his career and injuries have really derailed it. Thoughts on him and also Charlie Jones who looked so good as a punt returner last year. Now what could he do as a wide receiver in your mind? I, I think he can. I think he can be a big part of that of the, that group. And I mean, that's an interesting group. I mean, you've got guys like like the, you know the guys we've talked about, and then you've got these incoming freshmen who I think are going to be really good. And how do they all kind of fit in the mix? And so, you know, as you, as you go into this year and you look at his passing game, they lost two big playmakers. You know, with with no Brandon Smith, no Amir Smith, Marset. Who's going to step up among that group? And you've got Nico Gregani too. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys there that I think can, I think this can be a really good receiver group and it's just going to be kind of see who gets the touches and who gets the starts and who gets the, you know, who gets to be a big part of this. But I mean, I, I think there's a lot of guys there that can, can make key contributions with this team. And I think it was Tyrone Tracy, John, correct me if I'm wrong, who pointed out uh, how impressive he's been in, in the quarterback, Spencer Petras, who he didn't throw him under the bus, but he did mention, you know, he wasn't the most accurate guy. And we all saw that last yeah. year. But apparently this is a different cat this year, right? That the ball's put at least so far, and we're talking about spring, but uh, Petrus's accuracy is getting noticed. Yeah, and I mean, he's, you know, and, and, and Spencer Petrus talked about that last week. And, you know, he wants to throw, he wants to complete 65% of his passes, every, you know, every game. That's, that's kind of a number he set. Last year, he only, the four games, he was only above 60%. So yeah, he was pretty inaccurate last year, but now now you've got a year, now you've got a spring. He's getting used to these guys, and, and I mean that was one of the things mentioned yesterday that he is a lot more accurate. That is a big part of his progression, I think, as a quarterback because I think the tools are there. It was just last year. I mean, you know, we saw so many passes that he overthrew or underthrew, and if he can make those, that makes that passing game that much better. Speaking of skill positions, let's go to running back in a spring where. You don't want to get anybody hurt because there just isn't a whole lot there. Behind Tyler Goodson, there's a lot of question marks. What was said about the youngsters, including kid here from our neck of the woods, Williams, who started at Southeast Polk, mm-hmm. ended up at Dowling Catholic, a very talented uh, young man at the high school level. What was said about him? We know you're good with Goodson. How about what else is in that room? Well, that that's going to be the interesting thing. And again, that's one of the things I want to see on Saturday is, you know, because they don't have a lot of depth. So, you know, what, you know, who's getting the reps, who's, who's kind of stepped up into that number two role, you know, number three role and whatever, because you're going to need those guys this year. I mean, because, I mean, Ivory Kelly Martin, I don't know what his status is going to be. I mean, because he had the offseason surgery. I, I don't know. You know, so, so it, again, that's going to be one of the things I think we really have to watch on Saturday is, is who's kind of in that too. And, and, and does he bring somebody like an Arlen Bruce? And put them in the back and mm-hmm. do something with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do, and I, but they don't have a lot of options right now in the spring. So a lot of guys are going to get a lot of reps, and and, and I think that kind of gets them ahead of the game getting into the in the in the summer. But yeah, that's that's one again another position group. I kind of want to see what the depth is and how they're how they're 
doing with it. Uh, you mentioned Arlen Bruce, Keegan Johnson, another guy getting a lot of – both of those uh, freshmen, yep. a lot of folks talking about them. John, what are they saying? You know, I, I mean, it sounds like these guys are, are, are really going to fit in right away. And you kind of kind of got that idea. I mean, that's why they're there. That's why they that's why they they came out of, you know, came there early to get a chance because they knew there were opportunities there. I think. So again, things you want to see is 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 where they're at. I mean, you know, again, they're young. They're, they've got plenty of time to develop. But what can you do with them now? And so I think that's going to be some of the things that we, that we look at here in these two practices get to see is what do they do with them how do they do how they, how where are they at right now and so again i think they add to the depth of the, of the receiver group but you know could they step in you, you never know i mean because i think they're i think they're ahead of the game in terms of being ready to play than, than maybe a normal incoming freshman would be let's go to basketball no sure. liam robbins he is off to vanderbilt going to finish up his collegiate career in Nashville. Not a bad thing, but no. f- felt like maybe the local connection, the family connection, being closer to home would work out here. Where does Fran McCaffrey and staff turn now as they need big guys? You know, I think, I think you know, I I know the, the name of the North Dakota player came up, River mm-hmm. Baca, who, by the way, I've seen him play. I saw him play against Western Illinois twice this year. Great player. I mean, very solid power forward guy can step out and hit threes would be a really good get if they could get him. But I think maybe they maybe they're wanting to see maybe does somebody else pop up in, in, in the portal here in the next couple of weeks because I mean I, I think you're still seeing some guys get in there. So I, I think they've got to find some experience, you know, at the, in the front court whether it's a power forward, whether it's a true center, which I don't know how many of them are out there right now that you could get. Um, but they're going to find somebody. I mean, I, I I just I just see that happening. And and if you have a scholarship available, I think I think maybe you go after somebody and, and try to get uh, an experienced big to help out because you've got a lot of question marks in that front court right now. Uh, football, the practice begins at nine thirty, John. It's an early practice, yep. right? Yes, and and then they and then they're honoring the wrestling team after. Oh, so nice! It's going to be kind of a neat day at Kinnick. I mean, you're going to get fans back. And I'm going to be curious to see how many people show up. And then, I think it's you know I think it's it's going to be fascinating to see how what the response is to this. And I, I think there are a lot of people that are really looking forward to this. And if they can't make it this week, uh, this week there are a couple more weeks. We'll get another yep. opportunity to do so on May yeah. the first. Uh, yeah, so it's an interesting deal. I, uh, so. Absolutely glad they're doing it. Good stuff, John Bowen yeah. Camp. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, you do the same. John Bowenkamp. You can read him a whole bunch of places here. Hawkeye Nation, etc. Um, 9.30, gates open at 8.30. Free parking, no tailgating. Tailgating is not allowed. 5,000? Over. 7,000? Over. 10,000? No, under. Okay, okay, okay. 7,500 would be a good number. If there was just What's one. What's the forecast? Gonna, yeah, good point. If there was just one. Right. There's two opportunities. And so the sense of, of urgency isn't there. Yeah, I, I think that is going to lead. There'll be people there, but I don't think it's going to be a big number by any means. Saturday, uh, high. well, this is Des Moines, high 54, low 36. It'll be chilly. Mm-hmm. be football weather. Back in the old days, spring practice, spring football, they'd always conclude and before – They'd have the equipment sale mm-hmm. where you could go in and buy old jerseys if you got there early because those things would be snapped up really early. Got some buttes back in the day. 
wish I wouldn't have uh, misplaced them throughout my collegiate years. <laughs> you had some, did you? Oh, yeah. All kinds of great stuff. Old sweatpants that were about eight sizes too big from offensive linemen that you get for five bucks and stuff like that. And yeah, they just, those things tend to dissipate when you live with eight, 10, 12 guys like I did in college. And a, different, a whole bunch of different addresses, I'm uh-huh. guessing. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back and finish the program. Does Trent have a play today, th- 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 tonight? We will ask him. We come back and finish the show on 1460 KXNO and 106. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at Renner's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day, while Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. All right, final couple of minutes here. Miller and Condon. Trent forgot to do this. Centurion Stone of Iowa. They sponsored David Kaplan. I was best selection of stone veneer. Centurion Stone of Iowa. If you're looking for uh, to do an interior or an exterior project, they've got over 200 color and pattern combinations. Check them out online. CenturionStoneofIowa.com or the showroom 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Thank you, Centurion Stone of Iowa. All right. Uh, did you hear the Anthony Edwards, by the way? Uh, soundbite. I, I saw night. it on Twitter and I didn't even click on Trent, it. Trent, you have to do yeah? it. Yeah? Click on it. All right. All right. I will. I don't want to spoil it. It's okay. just absolutely priceless. All right. I'm in. You you have talked me into that. I mean, I, I like the kid to begin with. Yeah. He's, 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 he's different. Yes, he is. <laughs> he, he dunks the basketball like uh, like few others. But man, oh man, when he was asked about Alex Rodriguez. Oh, you got to listen. Can you find it real quick? Do we have enough time? Uh, no, we don't. We're out of time. That's too bad. Do you like anything tonight? I'm uh, going to fade Mr. Musgrove after the no-hitter. Oh, that's a good idea. You can get the Pirates' first five at plus 165. First three, which I really like, at plus 147. So I'm going so to be So you think fading. the Buckos get to him early is what yes. you're saying. That's not a bad angle. That's not a bad angle. All right. Uh, we've got Blair Kirkhoff from Kansas City tomorrow at 1025. Looking forward to catching up with our friend Blair Kirkhoff. Uh, Todd Steps is from Drake as well as they finish out their home season. Against Presbyterian. Big big game, Trent. We'll talk to Coach Stepsis tomorrow at uh, 1045-ish. Uh, Murph and Andy next at 1. Fanatics at 3. Morning Rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. kicks off another day of local programming. Thanks for being here. 1460 106.3.